podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. When I spit bars in a This finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Mora. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Mora clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs, and Kane's not afraid to shoot! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Who will try and place it, wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason! Terry in the Burnley back line, Minson breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run! Yen Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Hello and welcome to another episode of Touchline Hotspur. Uh, we're a little bit delayed. Um, so with that, I'll introduce our first panellist today. So we've got Tobes. How you doing, brother? You're on mute, man. <laughs> my, net, my net is struggling. Sorry, sorry, Sam. I'm literally... Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's yo, yo, yo. better be worth it, brother. It better be worth it. Sorry, 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 sorry. For another one of our regulars, uh, we've got Ohio. How's it going with the white do rag today? Yeah, man. We, we I was I was gonna go for one of the velvet ones, but it wasn't it wasn't quite agreeing with me. So I've gone I've gone white, small color coordination, you know the vibes. On brand, on brand. Uh we've got a new addition to the touchline hotspur family. You may have seen him from the two reaction videos that he's done. Uh so Dave, how are you, my brother? I'm good. I'm good. Just you know, I'm glad to have finally got that win after my debut loss for the West Ham thing, you know. But here we are, all good to be part of the family. <laughs> Fantastic. And last but not least, we have a special guest from Outsiders Footy and the Anfield Talk. We have Naz. How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. We'll get into uh, why Naz is here over the course of the pod. Uh, but as some housekeeping... Uh, so first and foremost, follow us on all the socials. So at Spurs underscore touchline. That's on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, outside of that, we'll get into the week's football surrounding Spurs. We'll start off with West Ham review. Uh, 
So their cup final, as was highlighted during Logan Sama's appearance, uh, we lost 2-1. Um, a bit of a travesty of a performance, I'd say. Uh, Dave, what was your take on the game? I know, obviously, you did your match review. Yeah. Uh, Man, it, it's, it's a weird one. You know, when you talk about game of two halves, I think that that's the best way. I think the first five, ten minutes, you know, obviously, obviously the guys weren't weren't really switched on. Um, I think for me, when I saw that lineup, like I said in, in the video, I knew we weren't keeping a clean sheet. <laughs> because I'm seeing Dyer, I'm seeing Sanchez, I'm, I'm seeing Antonio, I'm seeing Suchek. You know, I've actually, you know, I've seen a couple of West Ham games over the past few weeks, just, you know, because there's so much football on. And their strengths are, you know, physicality. You know, yeah, they can play a bit, but they like to cross the ball in. They like to put pressure on your back line. And, you know, the way we've been playing over the past few weeks, I just knew we were going to concede. So you get to half-time, 1-0, you think, OK, let's see what we can create. But actually, going forward, we had a, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of joy. Um, I think Kane was a bit off. And that surprised me that he didn't tuck away some of his chances. But, yeah, then to concede early in the second half, you know, like I said, to, to try and score three goals um, in 45 minutes against a team. And they've actually been quite good defensively. Um, so, yeah, you know, it was good to see Bell get a run out and, and pick his game up, you know. Um, I saw someone on, on Twitter say that he's warming up the engine. <laughs> yeah, you look like three times this season already. Um, but no, it's good to see him. Like I say, you know, he, he looks like he, he wants a bit more. He's getting about. He was making things happen. Um, obviously got the assist for Mora, um, the smallest player on the pitch, incidentally, to get the header. Um, but yeah, another disappointing and just, you know, it's a weird game when you just see it and go, why? You know, we, yeah. we have enough quality to put teams away if, if we really just cut out these errors. Um, so yeah, I knew we were going to concede and you think, right, do we get two goals? Can we get three goals? But, you know, we only got the one, so... Unlucky onto well, we had Wolfsburg and then now we've got Burnley this weekend, haven't we? Precisely, precisely. Um, yeah, in terms of in terms of Bell's impact to the game, Ohio, I'll throw this one to you. Obviously, there was a lot of excitement in the lead up to Bell joining and then the subsequent disappointment with his <laughs> early form. Um, how much of an impact do you feel he had on the game? And how much impact do you feel like he can have moving forward, leading into obviously his Wolfsburger performance? I think he come on and he looked, he looked like, you know, we were making a joke about engine and smoother and that. He did look like he was a little bit more well-oiled, pause, resume. He, um, I felt like he just gave everyone just a little bit more of a lift when he was coming on. He didn't look like he was trying to do too much this time because there's been some games where it's like, you're trying to burn, man, but we don't, we know you've not got the gas right now. Do you know what I'm saying? You're, try, you're trying to turn the cup like a bit too hard. Whereas this time it was like, he was, he was, I wouldn't say he was taking the safe option, but he was definitely at least trying, like it, it definitely looked like he was trying to make stuff happen and he was more capable than usual. Um, obviously, you know, pretty uh, good corner for Lucas as well. Even though Lucas is tiny, like he's got hops. He's uh, got hops. He's a, oh, he's right. a jumping bean. He can get up there. He can get yeah, up there. I mean, he's got, he's got a little vertical going on, but um so yeah, like Bale, he looked decent, and obviously we're gonna we're gonna touch on his um, his Wolfberger cameo as well. But like going forward, I think like you touched on it saying when he first signed, you know, there was obviously general hype around the fan base. Anyway, like people were forgetting social distancing was a thing just to see man coming a Range Rover. Like, but I think what we've at least managed to do, even before he signed, we were like, look, if we do get him, it's not going to be the same Bale. And obviously, it's going to take a lot of time. Um, for him to like get his conditioning back so I think not that any of us have played like professional sport per se but I think people ha have a general misconception of how long it can actually take to build up your match conditioning if you've not played for a whole year and then on and then you're adding the Premier League tax on top of that do you know what I mean so it's like I'm not I'm not going to say that I expected him to only now start to find the form from February I'm, I'm not. I would have hoped it came a bit earlier. Like we were saying, our oh, like maybe like like December or something like that. Um, but I've always kind of just had fingers crossed. Like as long as he turns up back end of the season, that's going to be the main thing. And we we are technically back end of the season now. How many league games is that now? Twenty five. So last Indeed. like yeah, last so we've we've played twenty four if I'm not mistaken, and twenty five mm. is the 
yeah, we're in game week so. 25, 26. So um, I will I will give Naz a, a, a quick one. Obviously, Liverpool's season has not turned out so far how they expected. Um, what was the general feeling? As a, as a fan, obviously, retaining a title is very, very difficult in the Premier League. But looking at the field, did you get a little bit worried about Bale, Sun, Kane linking up? Or was it just like, no, nah, we'll we'll walk this anyway? I think you're on mute. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, just at the beginning of the season, I think um, it, it's quite funny with, with talking and stuff. Like after that, Liverpool played Spurs uh, at yeah. Anfield. Both of us were, what, you guys were first, we were second. We went right. top, we're thinking, you know, it might be between us. And look at us now. It's like, you know what I mean? And, and listen, out in mid, mid table. <laughs> yeah. And, and listening to you guys, it's kind of like, yeah, man, I, I feel the same pain. It's it's the, it's the it's what we're kind of going through at the moment. And both teams are kind of being cursed since that game. I, I wish it never happened. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like going, going into the season, just like, just in general, Spurs did worry me because the, the thing that worried me about it was, I think your, your squad is quite good. It's a strong squad. And I remember a lot of the kind of things that are being shared were, you know, Spurs having like two good people for each position, quite solid kind of uh, kind of squad in that sense. And then you had obviously Mourinho, who can obviously he's he's had a rough few years, but we know what Mourinho can do as well. And 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 that's what Spurs wanted out of him is to take him to that kind of, I guess, next level in that sense, just changing the mindset a little bit in that sense, even though he's. It feels like his his kind of coaching methods are maybe outdated, or or he needs a specific environment in order to succeed in that sense. But and then when Bale signed, you're thinking, you know, the potential of Kane, Son, um, and then adding Bale into that mix. You know, I, we had a lot of shouts about the best front three in the in the Premier League and all of that kind of stuff, which you know potentially it did have because Kane and Son are are really solid, solid finishers, great, great players. And then adding Bale into the mix of that would have been, you know, it had, had the potential, but it hasn't really worked out in that sense. But, you know, like you guys said, if if Bale starts coming into to form for this last part of the season, that could be, you know, it could be a, a dangerous weapon for you guys. And and maybe even Deli Ali. I, I don't know what the exact situation with, is with Deli Ali, but it doesn't really make sense to me as someone from the outside in that sense. So, yeah. Do you know what? That's a, that's a really good segue because obviously the, the Wolfsburger game um, we played just last night, Deli Ali starts the game. Uh, one of maybe about three or four starts this season. Um, and he had a superb game. I mean, we won the game 4-0, 8-1 on aggregate. Uh, Deli Ali probably put in a vintage Delhi performance. Um, I'll throw this one to you, Dave. Uh, do you feel like Delhi should have been getting these opportunities earlier in the season? Obviously, we've spoken quite quite heavily on squad depth and the sort of position we find ourselves in terms of coaching style and things like that. Do you feel like he sh- should have been a key component to what we were trying to do? Um, it's a, it's a, to be honest, back in November, I was probably like, yeah, he should be. Like, where is he? Where is he? Especially when we were trying to shoehorn and dominate into the 10 role. And, you know, like, from a from a tactic standpoint, he was getting isolated. We weren't really making much happen. Um, but then I kind of thought about it and I went, he listened to Mourinho's comments and whatnot. And my thing is this, Mourinho's been in English football since, what, 2004? Like, it's nothing new what he expects of his players. So if, if Mourinho's come in and you're on however much thousands a week and you can't get around the fact that he he expects something of you, I think that's a bit lazy for me. And so my kind of opinion on him was like, actually, if he's not doing what Jose wants, then that might be the, to the detriment of our team. That said, having seen him in the past couple of games, I'm now thinking, and like I said, I think in my review yesterday, um, I'm seeing him like lead the forward press. You know, he's organising, you know, telling Vinny where to go, telling this person where to go. And I'm like, okay, that's what Mourinho likes to see from, from you know, those kind of players. That it starts from the front, as he always says. So do I, you know, do I think he should be a, sh- a shoe-in to start at the weekend? I think him and Bell have a very good shout. Um, I think his goal yesterday was incredible. You know, he started the move and finished it. And the way he finished it, that overhead kick, 
You know, he's one of maybe two or three players in our squad who would attempt that. You know, the likes of him, maybe Son, and obviously we know Bell can score an overhead kick. Um, so I think it was it was good signs. And, and like I said, his whole performance with the two assists that he got, you know, I think it was very strong in that respect. On, on the two assists, um, obviously one was for Vinicius. Uh, we spoke heavily early in the season, even before the season, about the backup striker role. Obviously, I've I've had to eat a little bit of humble pie, having joked about Vinicius Janssen. Um, he's earning his name back. I won't go as far as to call him Vinny Goal yet. Um, but Vinicius, uh, Ohio, take me through uh, your assessment of his performance and what he could potentially offer us for this late I run. I think, in. sorry, you spazzed a bit on my own, but I, I assume you asked me about Vinicius' performance, yeah? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think... His second half was a lot better than the first half, not not just from the goals itself. I think for someone who, even though it's been against lesser opposition, for someone who we've said in the chat for like such a big man has like quite a good first touch, you know, because this new age of Brazilians, they're not really moving Brazilian. You get me? Couple, couple, <laughs> couple man. But like he had nice first touch um, and it, his hold up play struggled a little bit in the first half. I don't know if that was frustration or lack of fitness or, or anything like that. Um, and uh, what's it called? And obviously, but, but even besides that, obviously he did a very, very nice Lamella-esque ball roll around the keeper. Um, I, I really hope he's not taking lessons from that that guy in training. But yeah, no, very, very nice, like elite composure around the corner, around the keeper. Very, very unlucky not to get a goal first half and potentially a hat-trick in the whole game. But second half, I don't know if someone just had like, you know, Apologies if you can hear anything. You know them man that the, you know them bin man that have them little vehicles. They're they're excited of their yeah. vehicles now. So. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it was a lot better. His touch looked a lot cleaner. Um, his hold up play was like a lot stronger. Like he was like bullying the centre backs a little bit. Um, and general whole general whole play was quite good, bringing people into the game. And you know the the movement for both goals. Like I do think. It's, it's, it's always going to be hard, a hard act following Harry Kane, not just because of his stature as, you know, top top two free strikers in the world, but the way Kane plays and the way Vinicius plays are very, very different. Like, Kane can hold up the ball, but that's not his primary function for us. You know, Kane can do the fox-in-the-box thing, but that's not his primary function for us, whereas those seem to be uh, Vinicius's two main attributes Um which I believe if he gets a run of games, which is always going to be hard to do behind Harry Kane, I think he would, those kind of attributes would flourish a bit more. Um, and it was nice to see him actually like celebrate after a goal. Like I fully understand why he didn't want to celebrate in the first leg. Like he was sick and tired, but, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was nice. He did his little, little Mbappe thing to no fans. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I do think you can become useful. I, I I'm intrigued. I don't think we'll get it. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what it would be like if if Kane was playing off him, just to see what it would look like. Um, yeah, but you know, Jose has mentioned that that he reckons they can play together. I think that I think be- it could work. Yeah, Vinicius strikes me as someone who needs someone quite close to him. Uh, he's flourished when Lucas Moore has been close to him, and obviously Delhi supplying him yesterday was deadly. So. Um, it was it was a good performance. Um, I don't put too much stock in it because it is against Wolf's Burger King. So it's got to be a caveat, but we move. Um, you guys did touch on Bale and uh, Delhi potentially staking a claim for the Premier League. Um, who loses their space in that situation? Because we've not been in the finest of form anyway. So me personally, I feel like everyone could get the bench. Um, how do you guys see it? I think <clears throat> I'll, I'll 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 do a quick what I think it should be, and then and then Dave, you you can take. But a couple of people have said, you know, you know what? Just if you just play the best players, it's it it will sort itself out because there's been this whole thing about over the years, like can Jose actually coach like attacking patterns outside the counter? I think it could actually work in Jose's favor if you went. If you did it in a three or if you did it in a two, three, one, if you went uh Hoybier and Dombele, Delhi in front of them, Son to the left, Kane in front, Bale on the right. Like so obviously, like as 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 much as we are all trying to give our energies to Bergwine, kid needs a goal to justify these starts. Like we'll we'll probably touch on Stevie B at a point. But I think with that setup, so obviously Sissoko will have to touch bench. 
um, and and what's it, and Stevie B or Lucas or, or anyone else on the right wing roster will have to touch bench. And um, Jack's favorite player, Harry Winks, might have to touch bench as well, unfortunately. Um, but I think, I, think, I think that's our best setup, to be honest. How about you, Dave? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, apart from the fact about Winks on the bench, I think Winks should just carry the bags. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't stand the guy. Um, I'm going to mute this brother. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm done. Like, I was done at the Champions League final when I watched him play against um, Liverpool's low, kind of low mid-block that they did. And he just, he had no ideas. Um, and I think from then, I've just been kind of, whatever. But yeah, Hoiberg and Dombele. Um, the thing is with Bell and Ali, if you notice Bell, um, sorry, Delhi, how he played yesterday, he's drifting a lot. And I actually think Bell... You know, he's not going to gas guys anymore. So if he moves into that central position, you can create some nice patterns of him, Delhi and Dombele, and then obviously we're just slipping Kane in. Um, and also, what I like about having Bell on the pitch is we finally have someone who I kind of sit up when they go to take a set piece. Because all this, Harry Kane on free kicks, Eric Dyer on free kicks, Son on corners, I'm not impressed. So to actually see a player on the pitch where you think, you know, he's actually got a bit of talent in that kind of uh, function. And against a team like Burnley, that could work. You know, it'll be, it'll be quite interesting if we won the game on a set piece um, against a team like Burnley. But I think that that's, that's our best option. So, yeah, I agree with Ohio. You know, Sissoko, don't want to see you in the starting lineup. Um Bergwijn, I love the guy and I'm a massive fan of his. But I'll give you 30 minutes. I'll, you know, <laughs> I'll give you 30 because... Yeah, we, we can't take that risk, do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I think the back four, we'll see what happens in it. <sighs> like I said. Yeah, we'll the, back, the back four is is becoming a running joke, uh, similar to the boys up at Merseyside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you guys' uh, whole season has pretty much been derailed by injuries at the back. Um so slightly different conversation than what we have. We just have bad personnel. Um, what do you? I, I, I'm interested to know because because we have we have quite a good uh, Liverpool contingent here at yeah. Touchline. Um, the Coppen boys haven't been impressed with Thiago, and obviously the defensive uh, issues sort of write themselves. For I, I guess I guess my question would be: A, how do you feel Thiago has assimilated to? life in Merseyside and then the second one would be what's the remedy to that defence? <laughs> yeah. If there was a remedy to the defence at the moment then it, like if it was an easy thing to kind of fix like I think it would have already been fixed by now because you know we've got Klopp who's the manager who's, who's probably one of the best managers in the world. Um, in terms of the issues that we're having in defence I guess there's, there's a few things I mean, obviously, the, the injuries are, are are an issue. The injury, you can't really go past it. You, you know, I don't think we've ever... I don't think there's ever been a point where you've had a team that's lost so many players for the majority of the season as, as Liverpool have. Um, but then with the, with that, it's kind of like you're trying to... You're trying to... You have to deal with it, isn't it? You have to, you have to kind of... Either way, the show goes on and, and you kind of have to deal with it. The issue at Liverpool is it feels like it's, you know, the problems that we're having, they're not kind of getting, um, there's no solutions to them at the moment. Um, so, but the, also the problem is that we're having midfielders that are playing in defence, and then even though midfielders are getting injured, that's affecting the midfield. Um, with the Liverpool teams, if you've got the midfield, it's 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 the function of the, the whole team, it's the engine, engine, and you're taking players out of that and you're bringing them back in. And obviously with midfielders as well, playing in defence, they're thinking like midfielders, so that's causing an issue. And then you can say, like, why isn't he playing defenders at the back? But then there's another aspect of that, as in you're playing inexperienced defenders, players that, you know, we've only just got Kabak in, um, all of that kind of stuff. But that's a that's a separate issue as well, because there's another issue in there. It's like, why wasn't there experienced defenders that came in on the 1st of January? If you were a serious club, that would have happened. That's that's right. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. That, would have, that would have annoyed me. Yeah. <laughs> We, we've basically ended up with paying like three million altogether, or, or something ridiculously low for that for someone from the championship, and Kabak, who's who's young, and you know there's a lot of potential, 
all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that and that's just adding up. Henderson's out now. It looks like it might be, it could potentially be for the rest of the season. He may need surgery. Not sure exactly how that's going to go. So and so it's like we get people back and then other people kind of replace them. With Thiago, uh, it's <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a, it's a bit of a sensitive one as well in that sense because I think I think anyone could have said you know Thiago coming into this Liverpool team, like everyone would have be would have thought it would have gone one way. Um, there's a few things you need to kind of take into consideration a little bit. He gets COVID when he comes first comes in. He gets injured straight away in the Everton game. In the Everton game that he he basically busts the whole game. So and that's why he kind of gets injured because the the game's kind of getting away from Everton and and that's what happens. He hasn't played with a balanced midfield. Um, you know, there's but at the same time, you buy Thiago because he's Thiago, isn't it? He's a 29 year old midfielder. He's won everything. He's just won the Champions League. In this kind of scenario, you want a bit more leadership from him. You want a bit more him taking the scruff of the game by the scruff of the neck a little bit, you know, trying different things, all of that kind of stuff. There's been there's been games where he's been good and everyone else has been bad. But recently, more recently, he hasn't looked good. Um, but, you know, it's, it's difficult to kind of make a judgment on him with, within this team because it's not the team that he's supposed to come into. Um, and, you know, you could say, why was he bought when the midfielders that work within a club system is are the ones that are high energy, you know, um, you know, quick passing, all of that kind of stuff. But I guess that was the idea behind Thiago was to kind of when you're champions, you kind of have to mix it up a little bit, and then you know, bring in Thiago in was supposed to be that, but it was supposed to be added on to everything else. Um, so there's loads of things to kind of go into, but but yeah, I, I think the criticism of Thiago, it's it's not unfair. Um, I think there's certain things that he should be doing more. I think we should expect more from him, but he's not the reason for our problems. Um, That's how I feel about yeah. Winks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to be shameless, that is yeah. how I feel about Winks. Oh, okay. You, you touched on some good points there in terms of uh, things, things like the experience levels of some of the deputy players in that Liverpool squad. I think we have that in similar cases, I think, at, at the back. All we did was sign Joe Rodon, uh, pretty much unproven at this level. Um, so we're sort of looking for other ways to flesh out our roster, which takes us nicely into some of the debuts that we saw during this game. Uh, so we did have, what was it, four <clears throat> four youth players on the bench. So we had Scarlett, Lavinia, Mokande and now John all on the bench, um, to which... Who came on? So Scarlett came on, Lavinia came on, John came on, and we'll get on to the last gentleman shortly. What did you guys make of the uh, debuts for these guys, and how much how much do you believe in this to continue to happen under uh, Jose Mourinho? I think I was obviously buzzing to see Scarlett in there, and um, we've obviously had very good things. Mildly disappointed not to see. Uh, Alfie Devine, uh, considering you know th- that you don't know that's my son in it. That's that's been my son since since the first day. Um, obviously, we heard we heard a couple of things about when they played Fulham under eighteen. So you know that that could potentially be why. Like if you know, you know, and if you want to know, DM the, follow us and DM us. Get me. Um, but yeah, no. So Scarlett, obviously, he's come on high energy. I remember saying on his prem debut, I think he came on for what I think two minutes was it. And I got really, really annoyed at Ben Davies because, you know, Dane was like, right, I've got about 120 seconds to do something here. And he j- just made this really good inside run or like, or he, oh no, actually, no, that's a lie. He made a run just to get free from the fullback and he had acres. And for some reason, Ben Davies just looked at him and then turned back inside and then passed it backwards. And I was like, what are you doing? The reason is he's Ben Davies. But can you <laughs> Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, 
you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. That's that's the only valid explanation. I was like, why have you done that? Just the, the game is done. Give him the ball. Like, what are you doing? So that really irritated me. Um, but yeah, no, he again very good pressing. Like he literally he thought to himself, "Oi, game game's nearly over." Forget my fullback. He just blitzed it straight at the centre back. Centre back shot himself, gave the ball away. Uh, actually, Scarlett won the ball back actually, um, and then obviously got an assist. And I'm, I'm going to be a bit shameless here, and I'm pretty sure he's the youngest guy to get an assist in European competition since Kylian Mbappe. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. You know. <laughs> But um, but yeah, no, good to see his energy. Now, John can't lie; don't know a lot about him outside of football manager. But I, I do. I, I make sure I send him somewhere with good training facilities, so he comes back. <laughs> but from what I read on Twitter, uh, he plays. Eight, he's like he's an eight. He plays eight, but he's a box to box. But like one of the more attack minded box to boxes. Um, looks pretty comfy. Again, I, I I would hope that if you're training in our first team squad, you would look comfortable against them. Um, Against Wolfsburger, but we'll see. He could be better than certain man that Jack doesn't like. Who knows? Um, <laughs> speaking, speaking of certain men that Jack doesn't like and guys to potentially replace them, we've obviously got uh, Harvey White in the wings and Oliver Skip waiting to come back. Um, they both scored goals this week, um, mm-hmm. which again is good news for anyone that is doing that sort of youth watch. Um, have either of you managed to catch any of these performances live? Yeah, I've watched Skip a couple of times. Um, yeah, I think he's 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 proven me wrong. I mean, a couple of years ago, I wasn't quite sold on him when I first when he first kind of broke in. Um, <clears throat> actually, and it was more on the physicality side. I thought he looked decent on the ball, but whether he could really dominate that area of the pitch, you know, let's be honest, since you know before McElhaney, but, you know, just always in the Premier, you've always had that dominant midfielder who can break up the play and then get going. And obviously, as the games evolve, they're more technical and they're not just dark destroyers, as it were. Um, so seeing seeing Skip in the Championship, which is not an easy league, um, and he's he's doing very well now. I think all the man of, man of the match um, votes are being skewed by Spurs fans um, jumping on the, the polls. But... The couple games I've seen, he looks good, and, and he was definitely chuffed to get his first professional goal. Um, it was a good take, you know. He's, he, you know, he, he got the. Um, I think there was a counter attack, and he just kept up with the play and was in the right place, right time. Nice tidy finish. Um, and I think if you see Hoiberg's performances over the past few weeks, it's clear that he needs someone to come in and take that, you know, um, that kind of you know defensive role and really take on. We don't. We don't naturally have that. You know, we have players who we kind of shoehorn there, but we don't have a natural defensive eye. Um, so it'll be good to see what happens next year with Skip. Harvey White, not too sure about him. Um, I think he might need maybe one more loan, I think. Um, but yeah, it's good to see these, these lads in and around our first team and other first teams and, and getting games and getting goals. Um, it can only bode well because we know our owners don't like to spend money. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we touch on the third day, I just want to ask Naz: are you, Have you watched much of Harvey Elliott at all this year? Yeah, um, I've been following a little bit of what he's been doing in the the championship, and uh, yeah, it's really exciting to see him. I mean, he's seventeen years old, and uh, he's he's doing really well. Um, I think he scored uh, this week as well. A really good finish, right foot. Um, uh, and and the thing is. They've sent him to Blackburn because they play a very similar system to the way that Liverpool play three up top and everything like that. Um, yeah, he's 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 uh, he's kind of really smashing it in the Championship, so it's really really um, it's really kind of positive for us in that sense. I mean, I don't know whether he's gonna, I don't know whether they're gonna loan him out next year, but I'd be happy if he was he was in our squad. 
um, next year and, and kind of just, you know, getting that experience of being around the first team first team uh, and stuff. And, and it looks like if you don't get Champions League, we ain't going to have no budget. So we might as well just uh, just kind of invest in the youth. And, and he's, he's, he's looking really good. He's looking really good. Um, I think the main thing is with the Championship, you want them to kind of get used to a bit of the physicality that can be a good warm-up for the Premiership. And it looks like it's no issue for him. Um, you know, creating, scoring goals, all of that kind of stuff. There's been a lot of rave reviews about him. One of the best youngsters in the championship. So, yeah, it's looking good. It's it's looking very positive with him. Yeah, Seems like, like we both find ourselves in that sort of position where we're going to end up needing to look <laughs> heavy on on youth in the next season or so. Um, I know uh, you guys had some some news to report on uh, Marcel Lavinier, who. Was a newer name for me. I, I, I can't. I can't front there. Um, but you guys were buzzing because of the timeline. What What was going on there? So I'll I'll give background on who he is, and I'll let Dave say what we saw, and it will go off that. So uh, you gonna let me drop him in there? I, I'm gonna have to run out because I tagged I tagged uh, uh, McCandey in this. So if, if if Dylan listens, you don't have to pass it through the score still. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So background on Lavinia. He um, I think he's like. Half English, half Portuguese, right back. He's a little bit older than the rest of them. So, like, obviously, Dane, 16. Alfie, we signed at 15. He's 16 now. I think now John might be 18, 19. Um, but, yeah, Lavinia is 20. We signed him from Chelsea. Uh, summer's just gone. As, uh, and he plays, I think he's primarily right back, but can play left back as well. I'd actually only watched him the one time when we played uh, Chelsea under 23s. Um, and he he had a difficult day. Like to be fair, Chelsea worked very good. Like the right wing back Livramento was, was crazy. He was going off, and like it wasn't the easiest day at the office for Lavinia. He wasn't like bad. He just was just getting terrorized constantly two v one. So when I heard he was in the first team training squad, I was mildly surprised. But I was like, obviously, I've only seen him, you know, on one ninety minute game on YouTube. Like Chelsea's obviously seen way more. And to be fair, the way the way Doherty's playing. It, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, so, so that's who Marcel Lavinia is. And then, David, what did you see? Well, I saw a player that I've really rated. I've rated Lavinia since Chelsea days. I know a few of the Chelsea Academy boys um, just from some of my coaching. And I've heard about him, been watching him. The minute he signed, I thought, great, you know, just someone a prospect. And I've been saying it, you know, in the group chat past week or so. I want to see him play, want to see him get in there. Um, to replace the guy that we signed to play right back. I'm not going to call his name. That's what I said on the um, my reaction video. Um, <laughs> certain players in the, in the Tottenham um, timeline over the past few years, I, at some point I get fed up and I just, that's it, I don't call their name. So the guy that we signed to play right back, um, he was having a shocker yesterday. Lavinia comes on and within two minutes, I'm seeing him win tackles. Right? I'm seeing him get a decent cross, getting forward. He's doing everything we expected the other guy to do. Um, and then I wake up today and I'm on Twitter and I'm seeing tweets which allude to be retweeted by um, Dearest Marcel, highlighting the fact that there are members in the Spurs fraternity, like myself, who think he is a better option than the other guy we signed to play on. <laughs> now, I'm all for this, right? Because, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed, I'm a competitor, right? And if you're in front of me and I think you're whack, I may tell you. So, is, he good? is it good for squad harmony? Probably not. He's probably going to get a couple of lumps taken out of him in training. But I don't mind a bit of arrogance. I don't mind a bit of swagger. You know, and I can't find the tweets now, so I don't know whether he's been told to delete it or whether they were mocked up. We don't know. I've got screenshots, man. I've got screenshots. Receipts. Receipts. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. And, and, you know, all jokes aside, I do wish him well. Um, and it's it's always good to have a young player come through with a bit of you know openness. You know, Tanganga reminds me of that, um, just without the arrogance. Um, but they definitely they back themselves. Scarlett the same. You know, for him to come on yesterday, what ten minutes or whatever, and he put in a shift. You know, so they definitely do back themselves, and that's what we need. None of this um, Winks and Davies show. <laughs> Naz, like how would you so with that taken into account? Yeah, so hypothetically speaking, Naz. Say like so. Say you say I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like a proper. Okay, so say so. Say like Harvey White. So he's not gone on loan. Say he's not gone on loan to Blackburn. So say he's like in this year, and like you've had to do the four two three one, and maybe like Salah's had to go up top instead of Firmino, and like Jota's still injured. Say Harvey White has like a good little cameo, 
And hey. Liverpool fans start at him saying, oh, you're better than Origi. Oh, you're better than Shakiri. Yeah, say you're better than Shakiri, And he starts liking all these tweets. What would be your opinion on that? So if Harvey Elliott basically likes some tweets about him being about, better than... And then Shakiri, yeah. Uh, you know what? Like, I know how the Liverpool fan base will take this right now because they hate Shakiri at the moment. They hate Origi at the moment because they're not really performing. So if they saw that, they'd be like, yeah, go flipping go for it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Uh, so, so if they're doing that. But, I mean, for him, like, if it was him, I don't know. I'd be like... I don't think you should do that kind of thing on social media. It's a bit, it's a bit rough. And once, on one side of it, you're kind of like, you know, you don't want that kind of thing to spill over onto social media. On the other side of it, you're like, you like the fact that the player is kind of a young player, has got that kind of not arrogance, but that confidence in themselves and stuff. Because that's what you want. You you don't want like the thing is like when Jota came in, and sort of the thing that I've said about him is like he never saw the front three and thought, you know what, I can't break them up. He came in and he said. You know what, I'm gonna outshine you guys, I'm gonna play better than you guys. And when he was playing, he was playing better than them guys. And that was good because that's what you want when you want to take your team to the next level. So if your youngsters are thinking, you know what, I can do better than these guys, but you want them to think that to a certain degree, but maybe not show it on social media. Maybe in their head they need they need to kind of show it, but not not on social media because that's like uh, you know what I mean, it's like a team dynamic kind of thing and you know how you represent yourself, all of that kind of stuff. But but he should Sorry. be thinking inside himself. Otherwise, he's going to be on the bench all the time. Hey, Sai, it's giving me uh, Anthony Edwards vibes, you know. You know what yeah. video. You know what video. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> to, keep it, to keep it in this ball, ballpark, um, obviously, the one man we didn't mention who could have made his debut was Dylan Markande. Um, obviously, getting on to bench and being amongst the first-team squad is a triumph into itself when you're a young player coming through the ranks. Um, but obviously there's that other element of when you see other players around you getting the opportunities, you might feel a little bit itchy about where you stand in relation to them. Um, obviously there was a there was a comment under his numerous Instagram posts uh, where Jose did acknowledge that he would get his opportunity at some point. Um, but this sparks a bit of a wider debate. Um, being a player that is of South Asian descent, um, Ohio is is very much our, our guy who pitches to the rest of the group a lot of articles more around the social aspect of the game, uh, which is right up my alley, and I'm sure everyone else can appreciate too. Which leads us to why we have our our guest Naz here with us. Um, he has a fantastic article on Outsiders Footy, uh, which holds the title. South Asian footballers at the highest level, no more misconceptions, uh, which, again, is a is a topic that I think everyone here and our listener base especially should be able to relate to. Um, so I want to I want to throw it over to you, Naz. Uh, what inspired this article primarily? Yeah, I mean, um, I think with it, I guess. We, we kind of set up outsiders footy and and to be fair like I, I need to give some props here because touchline is is a inspiration behind outsiders footy um because i feel like it's it's a platform that that lets people talk about football and 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 give their opinions um from various different backgrounds and the thing that we wanted to do was to kind of set up a similar kind of platform but we wanted to highlight the issue of the lack of representation of South Asians in football um, and stuff. And and that's within, you know, talking about football um, and giving that platform for people to talk about. So we have our own pod- podcasts and all of that kind of stuff. But at the same time, pushing the conversation about South Asians in football. And even when we started, well, we started to look into this, you know, we we had our own misconceptions because we we ran a poll on Twitter, which started, to, started the debate and everything like that. Um, and, you know, we had this kind of conception that there's there's two sides. There is two sides to it, but even some of the conceptions within our community, we have them ourselves. Like some of the things that we think about is, you know, South Asians are not built in the same way, in the right way to be able to play football. Um, you know, there's no dedication from South Asians to actually do what it takes to become a footballer. All of those kind of things. So we delved into it, delved into it a little bit more, and there's a lot of work that's been done on this. 
um, there's a few different researchers that have already done a lot of work in regards to looking into this, the reasons why, the misconceptions, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and we wanted to just shine the light on it. Um, we don't offer any solutions. We don't. We, we we can look at things and 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 see how it's trying to be dealt with by the different authorities and different ways. But you know, we don't we don't say that there's there's some sort of you know f you know switch you can flick that can that can fix this issue. Um, but you know, if you look into it, you look at the misconceptions. There's a lot of different kind of aspects that people have or people think um about south asians that kind of leads to leads to them kind of not becoming not being able to become footballers within football um add within our communities as well um and there's a lot of different misconceptions that you know we go through within the article and and we've kind of spoken about um you know you know the fact that people think that south asians don't play football all of that kind of stuff it's actually south asians who play the most like they play football the most uh, out of any other kind of community uh, in the uk um at the moment you're looking at you know, in 2016, when they did the research on it, in terms of how many footballers there are, there's, you know, South Asians make 7% of the the UK population, um, but we only make 0.3% of the professional football players world. So that's about 12 footballers out of the 3,700 footballers that are within the professional game. Um, so that representation is just, it's, it's so far beyond 0.3% to 7%. It's not even, it's nothing in that sense. So there's a lot of barriers within that, um, and a lot of those barriers are to do with race, they're to do with all of those kind of things, but then it also comes down to wider issues, social issues, all of that kind of stuff as well. That, um, that point or, is, sorry to interrupt, there was a point that you made, and, and there's, a, there's a line that I've got here on my screen which really, really was quite potent. Uh, you said, there's a lot of battles we are still fighting, including discrimination of South Asian people as well as sexism, homophobia, transphobia, Islamophobia, and anti-Semitism. Football bodies need to remain focused on spreading opportunities evenly and re removing systemic bias. And that, that to me, really resonated. Um, myself and Ohio have been speaking at length about the unconscious bias um, within football for a long time. And that has spread to the timeline to one of the more popular uh, Spurs Twitter personalities as well. Um, so this conversation has been in our group chat quite rampantly over the last few weeks. So the fact that this article has come across at this time for me um, yeah. is 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 really quite 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 cool um, because I think it is important for us to have these conversations. And I think a lot of the time, people very much isolate their issues. Um, as opposed to looking at the wider picture, um, obviously between black black minorities and Asian minorities, a lot of the time we actually get lumped together. The BAME uh, mm. sort of acronym doesn't really sit well with me on a personal level. I don't know how anyone else feels, but what I feel it does is it removes a lot of the nuanced uh, issues that we face, and it actually blankets a lot of the systemic problems that are actually there. So. Um, for you, obviously, you've touched on you've touched on it quite eloquently already. Um, I know there was a part in the article where you touched on all of the things that the FA were sort of looking at. Um, would you like to run us through those for those that aren't aware of it? Yeah, I mean, the FA have like their own kind of inclusion and diversity kind of plan in general, and and the thing you could say is that. The South Asian representation, it's 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 there, like in within the plans, um, but you know, it's difficult talking about this because it's not difficult talking about it. I guess it's just when you look at you know, there's there's a lot of legwork that's been put into it in regards to you know these kind of um, these kind of plans that they have in terms of trying to engage with the South Asian community because one of the things is that they're saying that South Asians won't be able to 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 kind of get those opportunities because of various different reasons. I'll give you an example. Like I take my nephew to um, to football games and they're like half an hour, 45 minutes away from, from the inner city in Birmingham where a lot of South Asians are, all of that kind of stuff. You know, if, if I'm not, if, if, if I'm, if I was unable to do that, if I wasn't, uh, wasn't able to afford to go to those kind of areas, um, you know, that would be very difficult for, for somebody just because of, you know, that kind of socio-economical kind of issue in, in that regards. But in terms of what the FA have done, they've put, you know, 
this South Asian agenda on the agenda in terms of their kind of you know racial equality and diversity um kind of kind of plans um they have this um this kind of scheme called bringing opportunities to communities which kind of puts in together in regards to you know trying to embed Asians into the inclusion uh, to the FNS people raising awareness of pathways into football for Asian communities embedding Asians inclusions uh, across gr- grassroots football and developing different kind of opportunities to increase even Asian female uh, participation uh, and these kind of things um so i think i mentioned it within the article that it's on the agenda um but these kind of things it's it's so difficult to kind of measure and the the other thing as well is you have to look at it's not going to happen within you know a few years it's going to take it may take another 15 years to get that 0.3% to even halfway to the point that it needs to be um because of the legwork that needs to be put into it and the other side that you need to look at is becoming a professional footballer and you need to make sure that you understand this is hard it's difficult it's very 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 tough and you, that needs to be it, it needs to be made sure that that is 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 kind of remembered but at the same time it needs to be the fact that everybody needs to be on a playing field it needs to be equal in that sense and that engagement is needed but the only issue that you have is then when you've got higher ups within the FA that have said certain comments and these kind of things it it makes you lose that that kind of um hope within it as well because if they're saying like um yeah one of the the executives of the FA who recently kind of stepped down one of the things that he said was you know south asians they they're used to cricket or they're used to doing other things being RT, IT departments and all of that kind of stuff so it's all very well and good having these kind of schemes that try to engage with our communities a bit more but if as you know if you don't have that kind of leadership with that kind of if you have that leadership with that kind of mindset saying those kind of things how are you able to actually make that change have you got the right people involved in those higher levels that understand the situation properly uh, if you don't have that then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure in that sense um so there's a lot of work to be done you know higher up in the grassroots level all of that kind of stuff um in regards to to it and and there's things that we need to do within our communities as well um in that sense there needs to be a bit of a balance in in that regards but like i said it's it's not going to happen overnight it, it may be that you you get to you know if you want to reach let's say you set a target of you know getting from 0.3% um of professional footballers being set from south asian um, heritage to even half of what they're supposed to be then um then then it could be the case that you know that could take another 15 to 20 years um you know because of the legwork that needs to be done in that regards we do have a few you know south asians that are coming up now you know you got yandanda swanzi you got hamza chaudhry who's at lester um and then there's another side of it as well which is a lot of these players that are actually coming through are you know of have different heritages uh, and there's not many that are actually fully south asian and is it the case that there's a imbalance in that regards as well so there's a lot of different kind of aspects to it just quick shout out to jay in the comments saying that just sack them all um <laughs> start again it's true like just i i remember that so clearly when it when it come on twitter because i'm one of them people like whenever we see the kick out stuff and the football against racism and the black armbands and all this kind of stuff and you know will will zaha had a fair bit to say about why he's not taking it anymore but that's a separate conversation which isn't as straightforward as whether he should or shouldn't but like when you've got so the, the when you've got the chairman of the FA the chairman of the FA is saying colored people and oh yeah if you check our IT department there's more asian people in front of MPs that I don't know what it stands for but at DCMS meeting and he only retracted what he said when one of the MPs was literally basically said in in MP yeah. Verbitum that do you, do you want to retract that statement yeah. and then around was like ah oh, Uh, and it, the the funny bit was he goes if i said that i apologize like you lot don't care man you lot proper don't care and that's like you say it's going to it's a work in progress and like sometimes like obviously like we're we're on the ground you know we're we're trying to just make make as much noise about as we can and stuff and do what we can our own communities like you know obviously i've got like my little brother i'm trying to teach him like some some of the sociological side of playing sport in general cuz i'm i'm a rugby player in it and you know ra- racing rugby is is a completely different ball game you know i think i've only played against 
I think I've only ever played with slash against three Asian people. Um, actually, no, scratch that. That's five. Like two, two actually play for the Philippines now. But like there was one Donny. Um, he was from South Asia. It was a rugby league game. Kid was unbelievable. Like he was, he was, he went nuts. Cleaned the whole team from first minute to eighth minute. And it, I was just like, how have I, I've never seen another South Asian player since. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a very it's a very nuanced process. And by the end of the day, like, as frustrating as it can be, like we. We can't stop in it. We can't stop. Yeah, yeah and is you know, Sammy made the point about the racial bias and stuff. And the interesting thing is, in a way, like for footballers and and these kind of things. And I touch upon upon it in the article a little bit. But for South Asians, there's that thing about um, you know th there was this misconception about our bodies or our physical um, states are, are not good enough for football in that sense. Um, but you know. And this is how you link that. Why is there success within the black community in that sense? Because there's that bias towards athleticism uh, within the black community. But then that that bias is negative in the sense of going towards um, black managers, where there's a whole different issue in that regards. And even like goalkeepers, there's, there's all, all of that kind of discussion as well. So, um, you know, it, there's, there's so many different kind of layers to the whole thing. It's 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 uh, it's uh, it's interesting because you talk about the Bame thing. That's where it's like that's where there needs to be a differentiation because there's a different kind of misconceptions or biasness that affects maybe even positive, not positively, I guess, um, in to a positive effect in one way, but then in another way it's negative. So so it's it's it kind of cancels each other out. Yeah, precisely. The the that whole. Um... That whole misconception and that stereotyping leads to things like loaded language and things like that, yeah. which we've spoken about on on here previously. Touchline is renowned for coining the phrase PNP, uh, yeah. which again, pace and power gets attributed to black players, and it almost detracts away from some of the mental aspect of their game or their IQ and things like that. So, as you said, those stereotypes in some instances can propel you but then it sort of offers a bit of a glass ceiling in other instances where you're pigeonholed as a particular type and typecast as a player which over over the course of of, of time will end up being to our detriment both as fans and people who maybe aspire to be professionals yeah just before we go on to the next topic like obviously even though he didn't get on you know shout out dylan dylan mccande for for getting into a european European match day squad. I can't say I know who the last Asian player was to make a European match day squad from a Premier League team. And you know, shout, fair play to Jose commenting on his, you know Jose loves the Instagram game and I was an Instagram bad B. So um yeah, fair play to him commenting on on McCandy's uh, post saying that his time was gonna come in it. So hopefully it does. Hopefully we get like just another ringer in the next round so you know we can rest the likes of Son and and Kane and then Don Blay, like Reggion was braiding Son's hair on the side and like do that, like rest. Let's get another <laughs> get another shit pile. Let's keep resting these man. Play some play some fifteen year olds if we have to. You're playing fourteen year olds, I don't care, like you know what I'm saying. One hundred percent. I do implore everyone to uh check out the article. Um I don't know if you have anything else to add on on, on that topic, Naz. No, no, uh, that was it. Thank, thank you guys for obviously highlighting it. I think it's it's really important. Um, you know, check out the different um, kind of people. There's there's a few people that are kind of working on this topic. Um, there's another um, kind of podcast. There's a few different kind of platforms and stuff like that. Um, I mentioned them in the article, so do check out their research. Dan Calvington and a few others, um, if you want to kind of delve into it a little bit more um, and stuff. But yeah, yeah, keep the conversation going, you know. I mean, mm. with, with Dylan, it's it's a case of I guess um, you know hopefully he comes through, and we'll be keeping an eye on him and uh, kind of supporting Spurs in that sense, and and with those kind of things, it's it's like you support him no matter what because you just want to see you want to see people kind of uh, you know making that success, make, breaking down those those barriers, which which would be really positive. One hundred percent. Any 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 progress from uh, minor, minority groups or mm. oppressed groups, even. I'm all for it, man. Like any any progress, their problems are our problems because where we make strides in some areas, other other groups are suppressed and they don't have the same voice. So it is important for us to all touch on it and show that same vigor where we can uh, to show support for 
for our brethren at, at the end of the day. Um, we do have, uh, we'll do a short preview for Burnley. I mean, it's, it's not a particularly big game. Um, no game in the league is really important at this point because we're terrible. Um, Dave, <laughs> how, how do you see this planning out? What, what, what changes do you want to see to our squad and what do you think the result will be? I like a sixty million pound defender. Actually, uh, <laughs> we got one lying around. <laughs> Maybe Ledley can can um, rest you know rest one of his legs and come and play. But no, all jokes aside, I do want to see Tanganga in there. I think he was unlucky to go off last week. Um, he went up at halftime, didn't he? Get in the West Ham game. Uh, <clears throat> I think he was unlucky in that respect. Actually, I would have probably moved him into the middle um, and taken off one of the other two, the, the two donuts in the back. Um, I would love to see Toby play. You know, I don't see why he can't play two games, especially an easier game that he had on in the midweek. It wasn't too tough for him. Um, obviously, Reguilon's back. You know, he's now he's probably he spent way too much time in North London if he'd braided in son's hair on the on the, on the side. Uh, but no, I mean, he seems like a great character, and he adds so much to our, our our play. You know, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of Davies. Um, he, he always he goes he's too negative for me. Um, so I like to see Regs in there. And then, I mean, Aurier's back in training. Will he start against Burnley? I'm not sure. Um, so that white back slot is really up for for, for grabs, really. Um, and then, like we said earlier, the, the front, was it six or whatever? Yeah. I think, you know, we do want to go attacking and just try and get some early goals. It'd be nice to get to half-time and not have to worry. You know, to be up two or three nil, which I know sometimes it can be a worry for us. But... I don't see Burnley scoring three goals against us, Jimmy. So it'd be nice to get there and just say 2 0, 3 0, and then maybe rest some players because we've got a game midweek, haven't we? We've got Fulham and then Palace a few days later. So we've got three games again next week. So let's see if we can get a comfortable win early in the game. I'm not going to make any real predictions because, nah, I just can't do it. I yeah, can't. Receipts, they have receipts now. So I can't. Pulled up by the timeline. <laughs> yeah. um, do have we do have a question for Yunaz in the uh, chat? So any South Asian wonder kids we could look forward to seeing in the future? Is that kid at Swansea now? Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's Yan Danda um, and stuff. Um, I mean, Otis Khan is who's playing in uh, I think he's in League Two or something like that. But but yeah, I would definitely say if you want to look out for anybody, I think Yan Danda. He was he was actually on the books for Liverpool at one point, uh, but he's at uh, Swansea at the moment. Um, he's an attacking midfielder, um, really, really quite a smart player and stuff. So I would definitely say keep an eye out for him. Um, I, he was linked with Leeds um, in the January transfer window. So that could potentially happen. That would be quite big if he comes to the Premier League. But hopefully they get, you know, they can get close to... We can see him. But yeah, Jan Danda, um, he actually, unfortunately, um, suffered from some uh, racial abuse after the Man City game. In the FA Cup um, as well, which which was which was a bit disgusting, but yeah, definitely keep an eye out for Yandanda. Um, definitely, I would say is the one to kind of watch. Obviously, Hamza Chowdhury is is at Leicester at the moment, but um, I don't think he's getting as many games as you would like. I think he was linked to Newcastle uh, at some point in January, but that didn't kind of get through. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully they can be playing some regular football in the top flight soon. For sure, for sure. Um, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out. It's it's, it's one of those things I've I've always I've always thought about it, and it's it's one of those things like you see ballers at score, you see them at kicks, you you see all of these guys just balling out, and you're like, man, something's a bit fishy here. Um, but yeah, I think it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, we'll make sure that any any time we see you guys uh, pushing the narrative and any anything we can do, we'll definitely try and step up to the plate as well um do you want to plug your socials so people know where to find you yeah i mean you can follow me on naz t88 it's it's up on the screen but um for outsiders footy it's at outsiders underscore footy um we do a lot of kind of podcasts we do podcasts in regards to the subject as well we've, we've done a couple already that you can see on our platforms um if you want to kind of listen to some of the the kind of discussions around this and and going to it going into it a bit further um, yeah, and and we also kind of like have you know South Asian contributors as well in terms of writing and uh, on our podcast as well. We do a show at the moment where we have coaches that go through South Asian coaches that are talking about you know pre- like like this talking about Premier League kind of discussion points and stuff from a more kind of analytical kind of point of view. 
um, yeah, and I also host a podcast on the Anfield Talk as well, uh, if you want to have a look at that for Liverpool kind of things. Fantastic. Oh, sorry. Thank you guys for having me as well. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Touchline, Fracas, and and you guys as well, and enjoy listening to all of your shows. I, I listen to Cop and Fracas as well quite a lot and stuff. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, uh, keep up the good work. It's, it's been a pleasure. Uh, again, thank, thanks for coming on. Uh, very insightful. Well, all of your points sort of uh, hit the nail on the head, and that's, that's, that's important. That's what we look for. Um, Ohio, Dave. Thanks as well. I'll see you in the group chat on the timeline. Yeah. That good stuff. Quality uh, show, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. On debut, Tungay on Dombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! Absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.